All right, welcome in this week's edition of Corbett's Corner. I'm rocking the glasses because I've got a ton of information that I'm here to disseminate to you. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, first title in 50 years, 1971. Giannis with one of the greatest finals clinching performances we've ever seen with 50, uh, 50 burger, his performance with the 50 points, historic finish to the NBA Finals. No winging it this week. Here's our upcoming schedule, programming schedule. Again, it's been a hectic summer, but once football season, which is inching closer, by the way, uh, we're going to have a more kind of solidified schedule for you. Uh, winging it back to weekly. We'll get back into uh, core bets, obviously, for the heavily bet football season, college and NFL um, and what have you. So, again, no winging it this week. We will be back next week. Kind of an on and off schedule here over the next couple of weeks. I'm getting married uh, our bigger celebration this year, once again, coming up here in a couple of weeks in the beginning of August. And kind of right after that, at the end of August, college football starts. Uh, we're going to be cranking it here for you. So appreciate you sticking with us throughout the long summer. Uh, we're about to get into a dry period, right? It's now just baseball, but a lot of information going to give it to you here. Uh, so let's start with the NBA. Giannis drops 50, historic finish to the NBA Finals. Um, is this a transitional NBA champion? Is this the Raptors? They won because why? KD, Clay get injured in that finals, end of Golden State's run. Um, and Kawhi gets the title for the Raptors just because of him, in spite of Kyle Lowry, right? Uh, we all thought Pascal Siop. Siakam was going to be this huge thing. Kawhi leaves. Eh, he's not that great. Raptors looking to trade him. Uh, is Chris Middleton going to be the new Pascal Siakam? I saw people saying that Chris Middleton should be the MVP of the series. No, he should not. It was a joke. And last night was the exclamation point there. Giannis, is he going to be able to turn Milwaukee into a dynasty? Or is he going to, hey, dear district, 65,000 of you large, I did it for you. Now I'm going to go do it somewhere else. You know, he, he apparently loves Milwaukee. He's been awesome to watch on his Instagram live. Um, just celebrating by going to Chick-fil-A, you know, putting wholesome Chick-fil-A high school workers on his Instagram live of 150,000 people. Just crazy. I'm a huge Giannis guy, and I don't agree with mostly what Clay Travis says, right? But he does make some good points, and I think when he asked, should the NBA adopt Giannis as the face of the NBA instead of whiny LeBron, I think he's going to made a good point. I am drawn to Giannis. I am rooting for Giannis. LeBron, I mean, he's the guy complaining that the champion uh, is not right because of the injuries, and then he's showing up courtside, and then he's tweeting about the Greek freak while also rooting for Chris Paul. I mean, it's just it's always got to be about him. Um, did Scott Foster steal this series? There was, what was it, game four, the Bucks won. Uh, he's got game six last night. Everyone's like, all right, Bucks, that's the lock, right? I guess it was. I was on the Suns. I thought Chris Paul was going to at least extend it to seven. Uh, did he choke? More on that in a little bit. But it, the Bucks shot 10 more free throws than the Suns, which is like, oh, crap. And then I was pointing out, well, you had the uh, intentional fouls at the end of the game. Right. And six free throws there. Here was the difference was Giannis making his free throws. And he didn't have the counting of the away fans. If you look at the home road splits since that Hawks series, when people kind of got on to, Hey, Giannis is taking, well, it was actually the net series, right? But then the Hawks started really embracing it going, what, what's taking so long with Giannis's free throw routine. Uh, and it definitely people quieting down for him. The sanctity of the Pfizer forum, his home ground certainly helped him certainly helped him last night as he got to the free throw line and he was making them like he had never made them before in a finals clinching game. So that was crazy. Um, Bucks were down to nothing. 
you had Amin El Hassan saying he doesn't think the Bucs are going to win a game. They might be uh, the worst finals team he's ever seen. They win four straight. They're holding up to Larry O'Brien. Undisputed, they're doing undisputed things, right? Skip and Shannon, they led off with uh, Space Jam review so they could rip LeBron instead of talking about oh, their rival ESPN's rights to the NBA Finals. You know, they're going to, and of course, it worked. It went viral because undisputed, it's all about clicks. They're just doing whatever, and they're feeding the trough. Too bad the trough is just, you know, people who don't really know anything about sports or don't really like to dissect the stuff. It's just, ah, yeah, LeBron, you're right. LeBron is overrated. Uh, Is he better than MJ? Um, Not for me, but apparently for the hundreds of thousands of people that wanted to see Skip's and Shannon's review of Space Jam 2, which I will not be seeing, by the way. Uh, sorry. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, did Chris Paul choke again? Is he ever going to get back? The Sun, Look, there's no, there's no denying that the Suns would not be here if it wasn't for the injuries. And I'll do you even one further. What's interesting about that is the shortest offseason we've ever had because of the pandemic. You had the NBA bubble, short offseason. Now we're back in our home stadiums uh, trying to navigate the pandemic outside the bubble. And it was tough. You had Miami, the Lakers in the finals in the bubble last year, the Celtics who got to the Eastern Conference finals, um, the Nuggets, again, almost made it back there. You had all those teams that were late in the season this past fall not get there this summer. Was it because of the short turnaround? A lot of those guys that were playing late into the 2020 bubble season, into uh, the playoffs in the NBA finals, were not – they were prone to injury. Uh, the Nets who were not there, they ended up getting injured regardless because of Harden and Irving, but they went farther. The Bucks got outed early by the Heat last year. They were able to go farther. The Hawks weren't even invited to the bubble. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so there is something there, again, touching back to LeBron James's original point. Hey, this was the shortest offseason there. That's why you got all these star players getting injured. And there's no denying, would the Bucks or Suns get there if it wasn't for Kyrie getting injured? Hardy getting injured, Trey Young getting banged up. Obviously, the path to the Western Conference was there. Anthony Davis getting banged up. Uh, Jamal Murray's out. Uh, You name it. So is this a transitional champion where we're not going to see these guys in the Final Four next year? Or are the Bucs going to be able to turn this into something? Because you locked up Giannis long-term, which means, yeah, he's probably going to stay there, but doesn't really, when you kind of sift through, he could still be traded. He could still make a mess of things if he doesn't get what he wants in the next couple of years and get traded out of there. So again, he signed long-term Giannis has the true power. there, not the organization, but you have Middleton drew holiday and Giannis, you know, bad takes galore all over the place here. I had one of the worst ones. I think Well, it was a question when they traded for drew holiday in that shortened off season, I asked, is this big three good enough? And I guess it was answered last night, but I would kind of go a little uh, bullet note after that. Was it? It wasn't for the injuries. They're back again next year. I'll totally eat crow. But, hey, in this circumstance, credit to them. Giannis, only 26, 15th pick in his draft, and go look at the 14 picks before him. Yikes. Uh, Of course, the T-Wolves took uh, Shabazz Muhammad, one pick before the Greek freak went to Milwaukee. Uh, Just another beauty of a draft pick from the Timberwolves organization. Um, So NBA season's done. It's unbelievable. Um, Chris Paul, here's the offseason. $44 million player option. Somebody basically uh, insinuated, hey, are you going to retire? Chris Paul is $44 million that he gets to s- decide to just sign here and not get that. 
I don't think anyone's retiring. Chris Paul, but is our suitors going to come? Is he going to, I know he's not going to get more money. The play there for Chris Paul would be if he wants more security, he wants to keep playing. He would look to de, uh, decline that player option and sign somewhere else for multi-years. Um, the big one, before we get to that, Chris Paul, again, on his legacy, is he ever going to get back? I, I don't know if the Suns are going to get back. DeAndre Ayton? Oh, my God, that dude, he could not do anything last night in that crucial game six. Are the Suns going to be able to get back uh, with Chris Paul, with Devin Booker, with DeAndre Ayton, now against a fully loaded Western Conference? Injuries coming back. Kawhi coming back, right, in that Clippers series. Um, let's get to Kawhi. He's got a player option with the Clippers. Oh, he wins the title. Yeah, let's go. Paul George, playoff P, you and me. We'll bring a title to Clipper Nation. How's it going? Does Kawhi want a, want a little bit of a redo? Now, we, he's from the L.A. area. He's from the West Coast, and that's why he wanted to go back there. People thought, oh, he's going to go to Lakers. Nope. Uh, bleep you, LeBron. I'm going to go to the Clippers. Hasn't quite worked out. And he's always got, you know, these guys are looking for more money, so you got the player option. You've been hearing in certain NBA circles, Kawhi to Miami. Remember, Jimmy Butler was the guy Kawhi wanted to join him first. Oh, nope, he's going to Miami. All right, Paul George, hey, Steve Ballmer, et cetera. I want you to trade for Paul George. I need somebody, runner-up option. Now you've got an opportunity, Miami, with the cap space, I believe, because they manage their contracts well. Are they able to get Kawhi to deny, decline that player option? and take his talents to South Beach, in which you have Kawhi, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. That's the only interesting narrative this offseason in the NBA draft, right? Um, because uh, once you get past Kawhi and Chris Paul, who might not even be on the market, right, because they're player options, other than that, you're looking at Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, and Victor Oladipo, that's the next tier of free agents, and none of those guys really moved the needle. Um, but it's going to be interesting. So Chris Paul, last question on him. Is he ever going to get back there? First NBA Finals, he was up 2-0, and he collapses. His team collapses. They lose four straight. Unbelievable. Is he ever going to get back there? I don't want to say no. I would say no with the Phoenix Suns, but there's always a chance his buddy, once Chris Paul gets to his real last year of his career, he just, you know, gets bought out and signs with the Lakers and go tag teams LeBron because he's still a great player. So my question is, is Chris Paul the only thing that's going to keep him out of being called one of the all-time greats, not just point guards at this point. I mean, that dude has taken so many teams to the next level. It's just not been the top level, right? He's taken a lot of bad teams. Um to winning records, to playoff appearances, but he's just eluded the Larry O'Brien. Um, so is Chris Paul just going to be Charles Barkley? Like we recognize his greatness. We recognize uh, he's one of the all-time greats at his position. One of the, you know, how short Chris Paul is. That guy's not supposed to succeed at basketball. And he wows you every single day, even up into his mid to late thirties. Um, did you see this? The title favorites coming out for next year. Uh, again, undisputed. Uh, they spent uh, a full segment talking whether the Lakers should be favored next year. What the fuck is that? I, so the Nets, Lakers, Bucks, that's the order. I think I saw Nets plus 230, Lakers plus 400, Bucks uh, for NBA title favorites next year, top three. You know who the fourth is? Anyone? The Warriors. And I was like, oh, my God. Steph Curry, really? Really? Steph Curry? 
I forgot Clay Thompson's due back, right? I that might be a little high for me, but Vegas they're doing something there to grab uh, kind of some homer bets. There are the Warriors actually going to be a title threat? Who knows? We'll see how Clay comes back from another uh, lengthy injury. Let's get to baseball because now that's going to take over kind of the calendar for us here until uh, college football begins at the end of August. And then, oh god, the Boston College season. You know me. Gonna be all over it. Will the Falcons do anything to break my heart this year? Football season will take over, but baseball's got this window. We've got 10 days until the trade deadline. I'm gonna tell you why the Minnesota Twins should be on the they should have already been on the phones. They they need the sell. I'm gonna kind of give you their tiers of who to sell and what you could get back in return for that. Are the Cardinals getting hot at the right time? I mean, they're they are like this every single year, right? They're just 500, and you can't do anything at the deadline. Should you sell? Should you buy? You don't know. We'll probably stand pat. We'll probably you know, get some third-tier guy in the bullpen and then be lackluster in the playoffs if we even get there. Um, the American League is wide open to me. A couple of teams that caught my eye, uh, obviously, at the top of their divisions. The Red Sox hanging on by dear life over the uh, former AL champ Rays. I love their lineup. You got J.D. Martinez. You got Devers. Alex Verdugo has been a great addition. Hunter Renfro of that Tampa Bay Rays AL champion team from last year. He's now patrolling the outfield. Uh, I love the lineup. The pitching, you can't go into an offseason or, excuse me, a postseason with Nathan Eovaldi as your top guy. I I mean, he's been fine. He's been nice. I, I don't think they, a lot of the pitching rotations in the American League, I think, are suspect. Uh, to maybe a good lineup. Now, is it the Red Sox lineup, or here's the lineup I actually like in terms of an overall team? I think the best pitching rotation, you know, you're going to have Granke with the Astros. The A's always piece together something. But but I think Giolito, Carlos Ordon, who has really improved this year, and Lance Lynn, who's just he's completely revitalized his career since leaving the St. Louis Cardinals, right? We didn't want to pay him, and now he's having basically got a great final decade of his career. He's been lights out this year. That rotation scares me, and then couple that with their bats, with Abreu, uh, Rob, uh, Luis Roberts. You've got uh, Yoan Moncada, Grandal. I know he hasn't been great, but he's got a little bit of pop in the bat. And then you got a guy that's done it, Tony Larusa. Yeah, I know it was over a decade ago uh, when he won his titles for St. Louis Cardinals, 06 and 11. It appears to be looking now. He isn't much. Here's maybe this is the secret sauce. Larusa better as a manager. Stay out of the front office. We saw your time with the Arizona Diamondbacks as general manager. That's not for you. This is a great swan song to a Hall of Famer who unprecedentedly has come back into baseball. And what is he going to win it again? That's my favorite in the American League. I'm going White Sox. Um, this is crazy to me. Let's The Brewers are at the top of the NL Central. Come on, Cardinals fans. Let's get you riled up here. Speaking of Cardinals that leave us and then do better once they leave Bush Stadium. This is crazy to me. I don't think anyone has picked up on this. Do you realize that Christian Yelich has six home runs? Six. Six home runs. Six home runs. This is a guy who hit 44 two years ago. You know who has seven home runs in virtually the same amount of at-bats? Colton Wong. you got to be kidding me. Colton Wong, who hasn't hit more than 12 home runs in a full season, has a, a, more home runs than Christian Yelich, a guy who hit 44 two years ago. What's going on there? You know, Christian Yelich, he was a slap hitter in Miami. He gets to the Brewers. 36 bombs here, 44 bombs the next. 
2020, again, you take it as a will. He did not have a good 2020. A lot of good stars did not have a good 2020. The pandemic season, the shortened season. Now he's got the full season. His team's in first. And go look at what Yelich is doing in the past. His on-base percentage is higher than his slugging. Uh, what happened to the power there? Just interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mentioned uh, the Cardinals getting hot at the right time, and then they had that game against the Cubs last night. My God. They're up 7-1 to or something of the sort, and they give up six runs. They're up 6-1. to They give up six runs, lose 7-6 to to the Cubs, of course. Um, right after Alex Reyes was getting all the accolades, he's an all-star, a guy that has dealt with so many injuries. Peoria Chiefs Nation, by the way. My first job in minor league baseball, I got to interview and watch Alex Reyes dominate single-A baseball. And now after a long, tough road of injury after injuries here, and he's fa- he used to be a starter. Now they found him, hey, this is a guy that it's pretty dominant with nasty stuff uh, in a one-to-two inning role. And then he slipped into that closers role. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, he has been a backstop for this pen for a couple of years for the Cardinals. After another slow start, Paul Goldschmidt is finally picking it up again as he's back near 800 OPS. Tyler O'Neill leads the team in home runs. That is awesome. This is a dangerous line. Harrison Bader's even having an okay year. Yachty's, you know, hovering around that 700 OPS doing Yachty things. He's still a spark plug. Adam Wainwright's been great. I, I, I owe an apology to Wade LeBlanc uh, when we signed him. I'm going, what the hell? 24 innings, a little sub three ERA. We patched work this rotation pretty well. Um, my God, I forgot we even signed this guy. I, I want to get his uh, name correctly. I might just absolutely butcher it. Quan Hung. Quan Hyung Kim, Jake Woodford, also a former chief coming up. He's right out of four ERAs, logging some innings. Um, you know, the, the Cardinals, a game below 500, but still only eight games back of a suspect Brewers team, in my opinion. Could they do it? Are they going to break my heart? Again, I'm not, I might be forced into watching Cardinals baseball here uh, for the next month before we get football. Can they make a run? Can they make it interesting? Because it's been lackluster so far. You know, I've been checking in to see the Nolan Arenado highlights. That's about it. I'm not watching 500 baseball from the Cardinals. Come on. This was supposed to be a good year. We need Jack Flaherty back. I know he's on the 60-day IL. Uh, Hopefully, we can get him back for maybe a September push. So, we'll see. The Cubs, again, shocking us last night in sixth run, ninth. Absolutely classic Cardinal fashion. The NL East has been a slosh fest since day one. Just don't even pay. That's going to come down to the final week. That's ridiculous. Let's talk about the NL West, though. The Giants, nice story. They're they're a patchwork. You get an all-star season out of Brandon Crawford crazily. I mean, hell of a career for Crawford. Is Brandon Belt still hanging around? You got Mike Yastrzemski. You took a flyer on Kevin Gossman, and he's having an unbelievable year. You're holding on by dear life to a one-game lead in the NL West. Uh, over the defending champion Dodgers. You got the Padres lurking behind you as well. It's the Dodgers division. Did you realize Cody Bellinger, I know he's been injured. He's not even playing replacement level since he's been back. Like, he's, he is a negative war. Uh, you know, tough couple of seasons for Bellinger and Yelich. I tell you what, what's going there? Those two were the MVP favorites, right, two years ago. Um, so, again, the Dodgers are doing just fine, even without Bellinger performing. Uh, Max Muncy's been incredible. Again, they've got Will Smith had a huge home run last night and they stunned the Giants, not unlike the Cubs stunning the uh, Cardinals. So I think it's the Dodgers division again. I think they're going to, they still should be probably preeminent favorites to repeat as World Series champs. No Trevor Bauer is going to hurt the rotation, but 
Remember, they did it last year without Trevor Bauer, as he still remains away from the team because of his sexual assault allegations. And I don't think rightfully so we're going to see him again in baseball this year. And who knows for the years coming forward. Uh, okay, lastly, the Twins need to sell. You guys are almost dead last in the division. It's over. It's over. So I'd fire Baldelli. Um, I mean, this team, just the, the Bama squad, nice story. You got to win one postseason game. And then you put up this dud of a season after that. Just kills absolute momentum. Here is the, uh, if I was GM, here's what I would do. I would sell the whole team. I'd rebuild everything. Um, that's just what I would do, I think. Uh, bad leadership is in the water here in Minneapolis from the T-Wolves to the Minnesota Wild uh, to the Vikings and the Twins. Uh, and here's why. Again, glasses on here. I got a lot for you here. Um, twins need to sell. If I, I would go full rebuild, full rebuild if you want a big haul, if you want to make a splash. And I know the common fans don't like when you trade away your stars. Yeah, I'm drinking out of a dog mom a coffee cup. What of it? Um, for the visual audience, if, if people hate when you get rid of your stars, like, oh no, Bucks did no, you can't say Jose Barrios. But I'm always looking ahead. I know prospects don't always turn out, but you could get a Fernando Tatis in a deal coming away. Yeah, it could get Yoan Moncada. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, Willie, uh, excuse me, uh, Wander Franco. I mean, there's a lot of uh, stories about how these prospects get traded in deals like these. I'd trade Buxton, that's going to get you a haul. Often injured, twins legend. What do they do besides be on the IL and you know crash into the wall? And I, it, he's going to go down as one of the biggest duds uh, in baseball in terms of the hype that he had. As he was the second coming, uh, right? As a number one prospect for like four or five years, injuries just derailed his career. But when he's come back, he's shown flashes. But then he goes back on the IL. I would. You're still going to get a good price tag for him. I would sell high on Buxton right now, even as he's coming off. Guess what? The injured list. Um, Jose Barrios, having a good year. That's all you're going to get from him is high strikeout. He'll blow up some games there. Going to be around a 3.86 ERA. I think that's a ceiling. I'd sell high on Barrios. And with Buxton and Barrios, you would get a return because they still have one year left of team control for each of them. And, of course, no-brainer Nelson Cruz. That, that dude's been great in a Twins uniform. Um, having a hell of an end to his career as he's what in his 40s right you'll get a decent he's on his last year of a one-year deal so you'll get an okay uh, return for a big bat Nelson Cruz I think that's an obvious one Buxton and Barrios I could see the Twins ownership uh, not wanting the flack in the papers so to speak from their fans and maybe holding on to them but maybe if they were wild away you got to trade those guys here's your medium decent haul Pineda He's been fine. He can help. Uh, he could be a back in the rotation guy for an actual contender. Uh, I think you'll get a decent haul in return uh, for Pineda. And then uh, if you want a bag of donuts for these awful signings from, if any team will take these guys because the twins thought, here we go. This is what's going to take us over the top. Ten and a half million for Andrelton Simmons. Oh my God. I could have, I told you from day one, that's one of the worst signings I've ever seen. Uh, how about a 602 OPS for good old Andrelton Simmons? Hey, at least he can feel the ground ball though, right? Disaster. Uh, I, if someone will just take any of that salary, get rid of them. J.A. Happ, 8 mil, minus 1.6 war. I, I would sell him to an indie ball team if they would take him. Uh, terrible offseason signings, terrible year. 
Baldelli is come on. He's not the answer. The twins are going in the wrong direction. Okay. Lastly, let's wrap up uh, Corbett's corner here with Naomi Osaka. We have talked about this. She made headlines for withdrawing from the French open because she claimed mental health problems for not wanting to speak to reporters post-match. She gets, uh, you know, doesn't do well in social scenarios. So, uh, etc. So I, I wanted to piece this together because now she's getting flack because she's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, right? Um, she's apparently got her own TV show, a reality TV show here, which again, she's going back and forth with like Megan Kelly and Clay Travis is blasting her. And the reason I want to touch on it is because I have dealt with severe anxiety in the past. I know it's not the same as Osaka and every case is different, but I had severe social anxiety and I still am on medication that cured me right now. I have it to kind of keep me going on a normal path where I felt like, you know, anxiety is tough. Now that we have more mental health awareness, I understood and I sympathized with her when it came out, but now she's saying, Oh, you know, I did these swimsuit covers before the French open before I all said that, you know, as a person that suffered from anxiety, I would not be able to, you know, if I was having trouble talking to reporters, I would not just be able to block out that social anxiety and go do a swimsuit cover for everyone to see me. You know, it just putting two to two and two together don't make sense to me. So I'm not saying we're right to maybe question Naomi Osaka, but I think she kind of took a route that would make it easier for her to not to have to talk to reporters. And that I think is the larger issue is you're seeing the shift. Kyrie Irving does not want to talk to reporters. Kevin Durant, you barely, you haven't heard a quote from LeBron except for on the sideline. Like you're not getting juicy quotes from LeBron. He's not talking to the media post game more times than not, unless he's contractually obligated to. You're in, because here's the difference. Back in Michael Jordan days, who also hated having to talk to the media when they swarmed him and by the hundreds at his locker, that was how you had to, the newspaper was how fans got to know you. The TV quotes were how fans got to know you. You do radio hits. That's how the fans would hear you, uh, et cetera. Now we don't need that. Now the superstars have millions, tens of millions of followers on their own social media channels. If they want to get a quote out there, if they want to talk to their fans, they can just pick up their phone. They don't have to sit and watch Wally from the New York Post ask him, hey, you know, you kind of suck tonight. What did you think about that? So I understand Naomi Osaka saying, hey, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm the biggest sport star in the sport. I'm taking over for Serena Williams. So again, I'm not trying. I just thought it was interesting from uh, the social anxiety standpoint that, well, you know, that's kind of hypocritical if you're saying, I, I think it's a little bit of these guys just don't want to deal with reporters anymore. And it brings in the question, what is the need for reporters anymore? Right. You know, no, who's reading the New York post to get a, a quote from Giannis about his 50 point game. No, we're going on Instagram or watching bleacher report of a crazy dunk he had. That's all we want to see. Um, the changing of the times is insane. And here's what's insane is the 2020 pandemic made it easier to get the reporters out of the locker room. Now it's all over Zoom. And I really, truly wonder, are they even going to let reporters back in once things actually do settle down? Yeah, that's going to have to be bargained and collected because the players hate this shit. They, they don't want to do sideline reports. They want people in their grill as they're trying to shower after a bad loss. Again, it, it's interesting. You, you see Kyrie Irving 
stating he's not going to be talking to reporters this season, yada, yada, yada. And then he's releasing stuff on his Instagram. It's a huge shift. These guys, I mean, these guys control their own narrative now, and it's a powerful thing. Uh, so again, Naomi Osaka is, it, I don't think she's going, she's not doing the Olympics. I don't know if she's going to play in the U.S. Open. She's catching heat uh, from the right, pretty much, right? Clay Travis will try and do anything for clicks. Um, but again, it is interesting. You know, how are you going to say, I, I don't do well talking to reporters post game, but I do well on the cover of a magazine seen by the millions. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe got caught with the tail between your legs there, but it is part of a pushing narrative that is going to be, uh, these guys are ready to create their own. That's why Michael Jordan got to make his own documentary. That's why Tom Brady's getting to make his own documentary. So I also see the other side of things where it's like, well, wait a second. Why don't we, we need people asking the hard questions. And the athletes are telling you, no, nah, I don't think I want that. I, you're going to see a, a real tug of war there on that narrative in the next five to 10 years, I believe. Uh, that'll do it for Corbett's Corner. I'm heading to Chicago this weekend. We will be back with Winging It More, Corbett's Corner. And, of course, getting back into the flow of things with Corbett's um, and core trades as we get into the fall and things kind of settle down and we get into a free-flowing schedule. Also hoping to have a merch store uh, ready to rock here in the next month or so, probably around that same time frame. Joey Miranda doing some great work. I've seen some designs. I think you guys are going to love it, too. Um, and uh, we thank you for supporting the podcast network and all the hosts on it, uh, everyone working with us. We appreciate you checking us out here. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.